I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to The Last Show on Earth. I'm John Owen Jones. And I'm Alistair Brammer. And welcome to the podcast where each episode we ask our guests the big, big question that nobody ever needed to ask. If there was a huge meteor hurtling towards Earth, threatening to destroy life as we know it, and you could see one more show before you die, what would it be? It can be anything you want, a show you've seen, one you wish you'd seen, or something you've made up entirely. In this episode, we are joined by Rob Madge. Rob is an award-winning non-binary performer that started their career in theatre at a very young age, playing leading child roles in shows like Mary Poppins, Matilda, Oliver and Les Miserables, most notably playing Gavroche at the Les Miserables 25th anniversary concert in 2010 at London's O2 Arena. In fact, Rob had appeared in four West End shows before they reached the age of 15. Al and I both worked with Robin Limmis when they were younger and it's delightful to see them doing so well. Not that we are jealous of their success at all. (laughs) We talked to Rob a few weeks ago just before they started rehearsal for the West End run of My Sons Are Queer But What Can You Do? The autobiographical, hilarious and heartwarming coming-of-age story of Rob's childhood when Rob and family attempt to stage a full-blown one-person Disney show in their living room. The show opens in the West End this October, so book your tickets now. Now, we had a lovely chat with Rob, not only about their brilliant idea for their last show on Earth, but also about sexuality, creating musicals and accidental Scottish jacuzzi adventures. But let's get on and listen to the chat. The meteor is on its way and time is short, so please enjoy the last show on Earth of the enchanting Rob Madge. What was the very first thing you did on stage then? Professionally? Uh, No, uh, the very first time you remember performing in front of people. Um, I played... Uh, Cinderella's Little Mouse in an Amdram Panto. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> what, at the age of six? No, it's not a euphemism. <laughs> it's very much the truth. <laughs> yeah. On here we ask a question nobody dared to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on Earth? This is the last show on Earth! My name is John. My name is Al. Been friends a long time past. We want to know what show you'd see. If you knew it was to be your last, what is your last show on Earth? This is the last show on Earth! What is your last show? This is the last show on Earth. Welcome to the last show on Earth, Rob Mad. All right. Hello. Hello. How are you? Oh, thrilled to be here. Honoured. First of all, congratulations to you on What's On Stage Award. Oh, thank you. Wonderful, wonderful news. Well deserved, (laughs) I, I hear. I can't wait to come and see you. And oh, congratulations, yeah, also on the transfer, the West End transfer of your show. 
Oh, John Owen Jones, oh. that's lovely. Can, Thank can you, you remind us what your show is called? My show is called My Sons Are Queer, brackets, but what can you do? Close brackets. Um, just My Sons Are Queer, less of a mouthful, I suppose. As the actress said to the bishop. Yes. Yeah. But, that's a, <laughs> but that's a lame misreference, right? It is. It is. Thank God. Of course. Of course you two would get that. Mm. Um, no one seems to get that. Yeah, I was racking my brain for months trying to work out what to call it because it's a show about my childhood and about mm. how my parents raised me to be who I wanted to be. And I just couldn't think of a title for it that didn't have my name. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I yeah, like, yeah. I can't say R- Rob, a childhood of Rob. I was like, yeah, who's yeah. going to go and see that? I. I find you fascinating on social media and I love, Ooh. I love what you do on social media. Um, Thank you. We'll talk about the video of the, the Les Miserables conductor, which is my favourite thing. Have you, yeah. have you seen that, John? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant. Absolutely <laughs> incredible. It's just so, so funny. And then uh, one, th- one of the things I've laughed the most at in a, such a long time was the first time you did the, the, when the MD comes in too soon with the queue. When, when yeah, that the, so much. I think I call it the self-indulgent performer versus the MD that wants to get the early train. <laughs> We've all been there. <laughs> so long, it's again, so another funny. long-winded title. <laughs> but the videos are all of the footage of your childhood that what inspired your 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 show. They're so yeah. sweet, and your parents are just the most amazing people, aren't they? They're just hilarious. They're uh, you know they they're not in the arts. They're not in theatre at all. And what do they do for a living? Your parents? My dad's uh, my mum's retired now. Then my dad is um is a wholesaler for light bulbs. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's an electrical wholesaler. Okay. So they they've never been in, into theatre. There's no one else in the family that is. Um, so it is sort of mind blowing that they've always just gone along with it and. And not even just... And that you were so into it, like as such a young child, just fascinated with it. It's sort of, where did that even come from? It's mad, isn't it? Yeah, I've got, honestly, I've got no idea why. I think I cottoned on early to the idea that I like to make people laugh. Mm -hmm. I don't know where that really came from, but I think my dad's quite the class clown in the village pub. He's always cracking the jokes and making people smile. And I think I maybe cottoned on to that and thought I want to make people laugh. But other than that, I don't know where my love for theatre comes from. I think my parents knew pretty early on that I liked dressing up. So they got me into stagecoach and, you know, the youth Amdram stuff. What was the very first thing you did on stage then? Professionally? Uh, No, uh, the very first time you remember performing in front of people. Um, I played... Uh, Cinderella's Little Mouse in an Amdram Panto. Is that a euphemism? <laughs> what? <laughs> at the age of six? No, it's not a euphemism. <laughs> it's very much the truth. <laughs> yeah. I was about six years old in the Amdram Panto. Right. Because okay. all the, oh, like the I'm, Women's I'm Institute you were, Panto. You, you were putting them all to shame, I should imagine. I was. I knew everyone's lines. Ah, I knew everybody's yes. lines. I'd yeah. understudy for the Ugly Sisters in rehearsals. I really would. And uh, they'd be like, who the fuck's this? <laughs> One day I'm going to get my chance, just like Catherine Zeta-Jones did. Truly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very heavily inspired. So then you moved into professional acting quite young. Yeah. How did that come about? Because I'm, I'm imagining your parents weren't pushing you to do this. No, no, no. If anything, they'd probably preferred that I didn't do it. Um, but uh, I was at Stagecoach and I believe they mentioned it at Stagecoach that there were auditions happening in, in London and London was this otherworldly fantasy land to yeah. me at the time um, and to my parents and to everyone in our family. It's like, it's, 
they're going to London? Can't go to London, surely not. Anyway, no. I went to London and did an open audition for Poppins and, and got Michael Banks in that. And then from there on, everything just fell into place. What amazes me is, it, what amazes me is, the, is the confidence that you had as a, as a kid. When I, when I see those <laughs> videos, the absolute... But even, even you know, onto the professional stuff, obviously we, we know you as Gavroche from the 25th anniversary. That's how we, guys, that's how we guys met. <laughs> but sort of... But just that level of, of uh, actually of stagecraft, just of totally understanding how oh. to put a character mm. across at such yeah, a young yeah. age. It's incredible. Yeah, and also very frustrating for older actors like myself. Yeah. <laughs> Who's just like going like, I had to work really hard to do that. The ease with which you seem to do it. I think that your wink at, at the end of Little People upstaged everyone. Oh, that's, that's fair, actually. Yeah, that was quite... <laughs> well, I, I'll never forget, um, James Powell said to me just before the, the 25th James anniversary Powell, the, the director, O2, the Les Mis director. Sorry, yeah. James, yeah, James yeah. Powell is the associate director of Les Mis. Yeah. And he comes up to me just before the show starts at the O2. He says, when in doubt, wink. <laughs> just throw, throw in a wink and then if you, if you watch the O2 DVD still on DVD I hope you'll yep. notice that Gavroche has quite the wink throughout that every single show yeah, I have to say can you imagine if you'd misheard him and you had a wank that would be awful wouldn't it <laughs> gosh yeah it could yeah. have gone really quite horrifically <laughs> So let's go back to Mary Poppins very briefly then. Did you have a moustache then yeah. or is that a new thing? Um, <laughs> let me think. <laughs> I think it's quite we're both, new. We're both moustached at the moment and I think there's no contest, we to are. be honest. I think yours is incredibly mu just much better than mine. Well, yours is ginger, Alistair, that's why. Yeah, mine's, <laughs> yeah mine is, yeah. yeah. Here's, um, here's the thing. I lost all my hair on my head and it's all just transferred to the tash. Um, yes. So yours is at least balanced. Testosterone, that's the problem. That's the issue. Do you mean you Get have too much or too little? I think maybe I, I don't know. Yeah, then you're all right. No, no, no. It's, it's to do with <laughs> yeah. if you're going bald, isn't it? It's like it's too much testosterone, apparently. Gosh, oh. I know. God, I'm yeah. so masculine. Yeah. Who knew after all this time? <laughs> Now, before we before we get on further into the chat and everything, and we talk about you know your show and you know your choice for your last show and everything, um, let's do Al's ten questions. We've designed this little quiz to ask you some questions, all about your career and your life so far, as a way of getting yes. the audience to know more about you without us to you know having to talk for two three hours. You know, so Lovely. here we go. Then, <laughs> uh, are you ready, Rob Madge, for Al's ten questions? I was born ready, John Owen Jones. <laughs> dum, dum, dum. You played Gavroche at the 25th anniversary concert of Les Miserables. Who played Madame Thenardier? Jenny Galloway. Correct. Well done. Ding! You appeared in Timpson the Musical, a musical indeed about the Timpson Company. Shoes, watches and keys and things. But in what year was the Timpson Company founded? Oh, no. Ooh, uh, oh, 1923. Good guess. It's 1865. Question number three. You appeared in musical Millennials at the Other Palace. What was the name of that theatre before it became the Other Palace? Oh, I do know this because we were talking about it the other day. The Prince something, wasn't it? No, no. I'll give you a second goal. Go on, go on. No, I can't remember. The, the James. Go on, nearly there. The James, St. James. Yes, St. James Theatre. The St. Well James, done. was it? Yep, that's yes. it. Correct, well done. Oh, brilliant. Well done, Rob. Question number four, I think. Your show, My Sons Are Queer, But What Can You Do, won Best Off West End Production at the 2022 Watson Stage Awards. 
What show won Best Regional Theatre Production? Rent. Very good at the Hope wow, Mill, correct. That's an amazing bit of knowledge. Few, same director, so that's good. Ah, right. Next question. You were in the original cast of Matilda at the RSC. Name two other books by Roald Dahl that have been turned into stage shows. Oh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and... Um, the Witches? Correct. The Witches has turned into an opera, which is quite interesting, isn't it? Anyway... You recently toured with Bedknobs and Broomsticks. The actor who played Emilius Brown in the movie also played George Banks in the film of Mary Poppins. What was his name? David Tomlinson. Very good. And he could be your dad. OK. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm very inspired. <laughs> Bonus point. You seem to have a great time on that tour. Was it your jacuzzi? <laughs> you know the jacuzzi tale. Oh, yes. Well, um, I don't, so please share it with me. John, we will okay. share it with you after this. We will talk about it straight after, I promise. Okay, next question. You played Michael Banks in Mary Poppins at the Prince Edward Theatre. Please recite the entirety of the poem, The Perfect Nanny, starting with, if you want this choice position. Oh, I'm so glad you asked this. <laughs> I did my revision. <laughs> if you want this choice position, have a cheery disposition, rosy cheeks, no warts, that's the part I put in. Play games, all sorts. You must be kind, you must be witty. Very Oh, very sweet and fairly pretty. We won't hide your spectacles. I missed it. Very it. sweet and fair. We won't hide your spectacles so you can't you see. Can't put see. toads in your bed or pepper in your tea. Hurry, nanny. Many thanks sincerely. Jane and Michael Banks. Yay. <laughs> I feel like I missed bits. You did. That, that was, was it. It's, it's not very long. Really? That, that was it, yeah. Well, I Question wouldn't number... know because I've never seen it. So there we are. It's very, <gasps> da, da. It's very sweet. Okay. okay. Very Question sweet, number eight. You were in the London production of the Scottish play. What is the actual name of the Scottish play that an actor must never, ever say? Am I allowed to say it? I feel like this is a trick question. You have passed the test. Congratulations. <laughs> Phew. Finally, you played the role of the artful Dodger in Oliver, or Dodger, as he's often known. Name one other biscuit with a jam element. Oh, um, a Viennese whirl? Very nice. I had jam and creams. I had wagon wheel. I had happy faces. Oh, yeah, wagon wheel, yeah. But Viennese yeah. World, very nice. Congratulations. It doesn't have jam in Thank it, though, you. does it? A Viennese World. It does. Of course it, it does. does. It has a bit of jam and cream. Does yeah. it? Yeah, you do, you bastard. It's like well, a little I, scone. I, do, I don't eat things like that. I'm very healthy. <laughs> no, <laughs> right. of course not. Right, well done. I think you got nine, <laughs> I think. Very good. God, what was the one I missed out on? You got the year of Timpson wrong. Oh, I yeah. did. Yeah, Tragic. yeah. That's all. Nine out of ten. Well done. Not bad. I'm quite impressed with myself. I'm surprised you got Jenny Galloway, that, that she was on your radar at the age of, like, 13. Well, she's, she may or may not be on my dream cast list oh. for, my, for my musical. Very right, exciting. But we'll get onto that later. We will. Tell, please tell John the story of the jacuzzi, because it's brilliant. So, I was on tour with Bedknobs and Broomsticks, mm -hmm. and I... I'm sure you know the horrors of digs on tour. Yeah. For anyone who doesn't know, when you're on tour, you just rock up to a house each week and hope that it's OK, hope that you can live in it. Anyway, I'd had some horror stories of digs at this point. And we were in Aberdeen, I think. Not that that really matters. And we turned up to these digs and we noticed that there was a little garden and there was a little hot tub in the garden and it was never on the listing. Yeah. And we were all obviously really excited that we suddenly had this hot tub. 
So anyway, we're all in this jacuzzi and we're in our pants and we're in bras and all that stuff. Um, there's about five of us and we're having to be very quiet because we're worried that the neighbours might hear. But we're like, we're having, a, we're having a drink and we're having some snacks and we're having a lovely time in our new hot tub. And then all of a sudden we see a light switch on from the, the next door neighbour's house. And we think, that's funny, it's quite late. I wonder what's going on. Next thing we know, there's this big burly Scottish man that appears in what we thought was our garden and goes <laughs> much like Shrek saying what are you doing in my swamp goes what are you doing in my hot tub <laughs> and we, we went I am so so sorry we thought it was ours he goes why would you think it was yours we said well it looked <laughs> Looks like it was. It looked like it was your, yeah, because you sort of had to go down steps and it attached directly to your steps. Yeah, so I I posted all of this on my Instagram story and everyone was coming to my defence going, it looks like it is yours. Yeah. You ha- the steps were leading from the kitchen down to this, well, this garden terracey thing in right. which was yeah. this blow-up hot tub. What I love so. was that was that when you shared it, we didn't see, we never saw the burly man, the, the, the mere no. watchers of your social media. So what we saw was, we're going to go down the hot tub, it's going to be great fun. Look, look, we've got a hot tub, oh, how exciting. And then, yeah, it's not a hot tub. <laughs> Straight yeah. about two minutes later. It doesn't belong to us. Yeah, <laughs> so after all good. that. Oh, we had very, to scramble out funny. in our pants and our... <laughs> sorry, mate. Yeah, sorry, sorry. Well, I've got, I've got an inflatable hot tub as well. I would be very annoyed if... Um, a bunch of dirty actors all got into it. <laughs> you know, I know what we're like. We're just unwashed. Can you imagine? Fresh imagine. from the show. Yeah. Waking yeah. up at midnight and seeing the cast of Bedknobs and Broomsticks in your blow-up hot tub. Oi, Eglantine, get so. out of our hot tub. <laughs> yeah, truly. Oh, dear. <laughs> very good. So that oh. was Al's 10 questions uh, with a little bonus anecdote. Well. That was very nice. You're so, welcome. Um, it didn't it. Really, we didn't really get much uh, from your career. From that though, so let's talk a bit more about it. Yes, yeah, because you you know scaled the dizzy heights as a young child. Oh yeah. Um, was there a point when you know when you were playing Gavroche in front of you know twenty thousand people at the O2 Arena, and then you were doing it on tour, and you've done all these other things, where you thought, what's next? And is that why you then ended up creating a show for yourself? Yeah, honestly, yeah. I, I'd always loved writing, yeah. but never done anything with it, and it's always what I've truthfully enjoyed yeah. more i really enjoy creating comedy especially and then seeing the payoff from the writing to the delivery to the audience response i've always preferred that um mm. i got to a point where i was i went to went to warwick uni didn't know whether i wanted to do theater decided that i did want to do theater so then did a masters in musical theater at the royal academy of music and i was just I was going up for loads of things that I didn't feel that I just didn't feel was working for me really yeah. truthfully and I just I knew that what I've always wanted to do is make people laugh and tell my own story and not necessarily my own story but tell stories write scripts do comedies uh-huh. and uh, it wasn't until lockdown that I finally decided to give it a go yeah and I don't know whether I would have ever given it a go had we not have done that pause it's funny, isn't it? A lot of people have done things that they've... Right, I'm finally going to write that book or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, or I'm finally going to launch a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, I think because we're in such a fast-paced industry, it can feel you go from job to job or audition to audition that you can easily sort of lose sight of what it is you actually want to be doing. Yeah. And 
had I not have had that time to stop and go, okay, well, now I've actually got a few months to work out what I really want to be doing. Um, I don't know whether I would have ever done my own show. And I don't know. Was it an organic process? Because you did all those kind of Instagram videos and all that stuff. And then was that something that because you were getting a positive response to them online, you thought maybe I should write something? Is that what happened? Sort of, yeah. I mean, I found this old video of when I made my dad do a Disney parade with me and my living room and I thought it, I just thought it was really funny so I put that on Twitter just because I thought it was funny and um what blew me away was the response of people saying oh my dad would never have done that my dad wouldn't have worn wigs or let or let his son wear dresses or wigs for a start and I thought oh there's something really interesting in that whole concept mm, uh-huh. I thought well there's something here that can make people laugh but also ask the question of why would your dad not do that yeah. um mm. And then, and then the show came from that. Mine wouldn't. You know, he's a very shy man as well. Like, I mean, mm. I think your dad seems quite shy, but he just <laughs> did it because he wanted to make you happy. You know. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and I just thought I thought there's a an interesting, funny, hopefully uplifting show there. I mean, I always had an idea of doing stand up. Really, was what I wanted to do, and sketches yeah. and and comedy. Yeah. And so I originally started writing the show as this sort of stand up uh, 60 minute looking back at your old childhood videos thing and it ended up being something a bit more than than Mm. that in the end that I didn't really expect when I use when I get other people's opinions and the response has been so amazing everyone unanimously loves it don't they yeah pretty much crying laughing yeah 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 (laughs) yeah yeah I'd to see it but I will come when it when it transfers to the West End um do you know anyone in it that I can get me a ticket I will do. You yeah. drop me an email, I'll sort you out, John Owen Jones. Okay. Do you think, so when you said that when you sort of realised that there, that you were getting auditions for things after Warwick, where you studied English Lit, we're, we're going to talk about that. But, oh, um, yeah. but, where, well but, 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 I've done my homework, babes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, but actually, before we go on, can I just mention the fact that um, I was dumped in Warwick University. Oh. Were you? My long-term girlfriend, yeah. When I was in my first year of drama school, she went off to Warwick and uh, I went to see her <laughs> during the first term. And she dumped me. Yeah. No. For a guy for a guy called Will. You still remember his name? God, it must have been traumatic. And he went on to slap Chris Rock at the Oscars 2022. <laughs> Famously. <laughs> that was a good joke, Alistair. <laughs> well done, Al. Thank you. I want to go back briefly to what you said about because what interested me. What was it in the roles that you were going up for when you sort of first stepped into being a, a, an adult actor that made you go, "This isn't for me. This isn't for me. This isn't for me." Um, was it the obvious thing that I was imagining, and I don't know if this was correct or not, would be that I feel like for who who you are is just not represented. Correct. Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you just worded that better than I. <laughs> that's exactly it i wasn't seeing people like me do it doing anything like mm. get it, getting any opportunities not doing anything that's the wrong way to put it that people are working hard but not getting any yeah. of the opportunities in in shows in films in tv uh-huh. so it, it's often the way with things like this is you have to write it you have to make the stories for yourself if, if you don't see yourself represented you have to make people s- see you um, it's an incredible thing that you've done because it's so selfless. You've opened the door 
for other people to go, I can do that too. It's just in such an amazing thing. Well, I mean, that's lovely. I really hope so. I mean, I've been inspired by so many people as well that have done the same for me. So it's just a continuation yeah. of, of that. It's and, so important. Yeah, and hopefully broadening people's minds, but not in any complicated way either, just perhaps introducing the idea that, you know, casting can be so much more exciting and interesting than we ever thought before. And that doesn't take anything away from the people that are already doing these jobs and they're all so amazing. It's just opening, inviting more people in to tell the stories um, mm. rather than just n narrowing it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, since we've touched on it then, I mean, when you, you just said people like me. Yeah. Then. So can, so w what are you then for our listeners at home? Gosh. <laughs> I know that's fairy. a complicated and loaded question <laughs> because obviously it's very interesting for people to, to learn about, you know? Well, yeah, well, I'm, an, uh, I'm a non-binary performer who would play... <laughs> anything. A anything that, that people think I could play. And I know that my appearance comes into play and we still have a lot of um, conversations to be had about wh what you look like being um, important for what you're cast as. Um, yeah. And obviously I wouldn't play Fontaine <laughs> with a moustache and a bald head, for example, no, but there's, no. there are, there are roles out there yeah. that I just think of a great example is um, Joan of Arc right now at the Globe, who's played Perfect. by a non-binary performer. And that that's come under a lot of criticism by, not by anyone that we should really care about, but. Um, no, no, no. It's, it's the right wing press generally, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. W w why this is, this, um, this should not ever be played by a non-binary performer. And I just ask why Joan of Arc famously defied gender boundaries. And uh, yeah. there's a lot of people that are clinging onto, onto things unnecessarily, I feel, when we could just open up the conversation a little bit more and casting could be so much more exciting. Isn't the problem the overlords, the producers and, and the, the people who buy tickets? They're just not yes. quite ready for it on, on, a, on a greater stage just yes. yet. Yes. Yeah. It's a slow it's a slow process. I mean, I remember yeah. being in the very first cast in Limits to have black actors in it. And it was it was a big deal then, you know. And and Cameron McIntosh very rightly said it doesn't matter, you know. Mm. Um and it's you know, no that doesn't matter at all. You know, colorblind casting is very common now. And it's only a matter of time before gender blind casting becomes a thing as well. You know, and I think it's up to the audiences to, to yeah. accept it. And they will eventually because it's just a like you said earlier, it's a generational thing. Well, I mean, Joan of Arc at the Globe was a great example because you'd think those audiences would would hate it. Um, and on online, it got a lot of negative attention. But when it opened, the audiences at the Globe were giving standing ovations every day mm -hmm. and it's been packed and sold out. So yeah. it's just a... Mm. It, I think um, sometimes social media gives a false impression of reality um, yeah. and turns out people are, are more willing to accept these stories being told by these people and are excited by it and, and see the beauty in it in, in real life. And I think online can be a bit of an echo chamber that yeah. sometimes should be ignored. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's also one of those things, isn't it, where people are told how they should think. Yes. Now, when I was 26 playing Valjean, I was far too young to be doing it. But people oh, in the yeah. audience had no idea, mm. you know? So, and they, they then didn't think, oh, why is there a kid playing this? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They just accepted it as... Exactly. Because it was an actor doing... And that's exactly what needs to happen, you know? Yeah. So if nobody had told 
anybody about Joan of Arc at the Globe, about how they were casting it. People could have turned up and then there would have been no opinion formed before they walked in. Completely. And I think that's maybe the way forward, I don't know. Yeah. What do you think, Alistair? You've gone very quiet. No, I, I'm just thinking, because it's just interesting to listen. But I completely agree. And I, it's, we need, what we want, what, what, what we want, right, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, is for it not to be news anymore. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Normalising, yeah. Yeah, that's always the, the goal to aspire to. Unfortunately, it, w- it will be for quite a long time because the voices have been silenced for so long that whenever they get an inch, it suddenly seems like global headlines because it, they mm. haven't had a chance at all yeah. up until now. So whenever one thing happens, it gets magnified. Well, you see, that's it. I mean, look, as artists, as actors and performers, we naturally have a socialist vein inside us, don't we? We, we share... You know, we're very open people, very accepting people. Well, you know? I think to be a good actor, you need to have empathy. Yeah, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah. You need to be understanding of other people's experiences in order to embody them on stage. Um, I yeah. think any actor that doesn't share such views, I don't understand how you can embody roles if you don't try to understand a, a different a lifestyle of your own. Yeah. I say lifestyle, perspective, <laughs> life. Absolutely. Yes, exactly, exactly. Do yeah. you feel that it's any better yet? Do, have we moved at all? Yeah, of course we have. I think I think we've mm. had big developments in the past couple of years because people finally feel they are at liberty to be themselves and to to trust that people would be more accepting of it. There's a long way to go, yeah. but um, I do th- I do think. Well, I, th- I think we're at least talking about it now. I think that's the big change. Yeah. Is the conversations are being had. Yeah. Whether that's put into practice is a different yeah. thing. But we're talking about it yeah. now, and uh, that needs to continue. Yeah. However, I'm going to cut all of this out of the the broadcast. It's all gone. I'm cutting it. Gone. All. Gone. <laughs> Don't yeah. blame um, you. No. Is there one thing? What's is there one thing that you would suggest that that people did to understand it or that maybe something that could push the conversation further. What what one thing would you do? Um, I'd there's a great book called In Their Shoes, which I always recommend uh-huh. by a fabulous non-binary author called Jamie Windust, which just explains the non-binary life in a really comprehensive, digestible way for anybody, both those that are non-binary and those that aren't. And uh, I think just taking the initiative to educate yourself um Uh rather than expecting everybody to to do it for you just maybe just because i guarantee from now on we'll all be in casts with trans and non-binary performers so many more people are are coming out as being non-binary and as being trans and you yeah people will be in casts with those people um and as opposed to putting the onus on them to explain themselves every day just doing it yourself a little bit more I think is good advice for everybody so uh, let's do a little thing that we call what three words now Al has this um, uncanny ability to tell you how exactly how many letters are in a sentence no matter if he's never heard the sentence before but you know for the purposes of brevity we only do three words and we're going to do a little bit called what three words it stopped being yeah. funny in episode two, but we're going to persevere with it. Because it's, because it's quite a good theme tune. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and put he's a real wordsmith. Give him 
every word and he can say How many letters they contain right away What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? So, Rob Madge, what are your three words? Gosh, I like custard. That's four words. Ooh. Oh, yeah. That's 16, but I'm going to give you I doesn't count. 16. It's only I doesn't. Come on. You know how many, <laughs> how many bloody letters. <laughs> 16. There we go. Right. Gosh. <laughs> You're very good. How do you do that? It's just, I don't know. Don't, I don't know. <laughs> words have you heard that you like to challenge Al with? It's a special skill to give you a thrill and prove he's a real wordsmith. Give him three words and he can say how many letters they contain right away. What three words have you heard that you'd like to challenge Al with? Oh, what three words have you heard that you'd really like to challenge Al with? So, I think it's time that we uh, got onto your last show on Earth, Rob. Yes. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Mm-hmm. So you sent you sent us your idea for a last show on earth, and I have to say, I think it's brilliant. Thank you, because <laughs> I love the film and I love the music. It, it's got great music in it already. It does. It does. The orchestrations are beautiful. John, well, we need to tell everyone at home what it is. We do. What is your last show on earth, Rob Matt? My last show on earth, everybody, is Chicken Run the musical. <laughs> <laughs> Chicken Run, the musical. Truly, I think it would be amazing. Absolutely. Well, I saw that in the cinema when it came out. Right? Did you? Yeah, I did. Yeah, I'm that old. Gosh. I'm, you know, I'm. I'm wow. uh, you know, <laughs> proud to say that I was a big Ardman fan. You know, the, the yeah. you know, Wallace and Gromit and all that yeah. stuff and Creature Comforts. So, yeah, of course. To easily turn off an honourable. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Um, and you know, Chicken Very Run. Was, you know, it was the highest grossing. Stop motion film in history. Can so, you and it was like it? 20 years ago now that came out, didn't it? Something yeah, like that. Yeah, 2000 something. Yeah. 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 And you know, you can turn anything into a musical nowadays. You really you can. can. I mean, I, you know, I've, just done, I've just done Bake Off. That you have. an absolute treat. Yeah. You have. A glorious piece of theatre. So, why not yeah. do Chicken Run the musical? But why, not, why eh? did you choose this in particular? I think. It has all of the qualities of what a great musical should be. Okay, so it's an allegory for something very serious, 
very relatable. It's about people who want to escape their lives. Mm. It's about these people who want to escape a, a fascist, oppressive regime. But they're yeah. chickens. They are chickens. <laughs> In a chicken. That Literal to chickens, me, yeah. That, to me, is a perfect musical because you are encapsulating real-life trauma but in the campest but most sincere way. It's like Little Shop of Horrors. Little Shop of Horrors is about this deadly threat to the world. It could be global warming, it could be a pandemic, but it's seen through the eyes of a Venus flytrap. And that, to me, is what makes great musical theatre when you're taking something very real and camping it up and making it fantastical and fantasy and but yeah, also yeah. has real heart and truth i'm very uh, this is my pitch to any producers out there okay and how would you how would you do chickens on stage well there's a number of ways you could do it isn't there i mean you could do you could do shrek the musical style and have very literal costumes um yeah. of people dressed as chickens or you could do like the warhorse version with mm-hmm. National theatre puppets of chickens, but I think that would just get a little bit yeah. too. Or the Lion King version. Totally. Yeah. I think you would need to keep the Ardman feeling. Those ball eyes. Yeah. The sort of plastic. Yeah, but that thing. could be done in set design, couldn't it? Yeah. 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 There's a mm. there's a great mm. there's a great gag in Chicken Run that I I sometimes quote just because it's great and it's the major and it basically it sums up Ardman <laughs> it sums up the the stop motion and that style he says I don't trust this one his eyes are too close together <laughs> <laughs> and all of them have got these balls that touch in the middle it's just great honestly the lines in Chicken Run that the script writing in that film is it's just amazing. gold I watched it recently at, in Edinburgh actually I was very bored and uh, I was just howling <laughs> I forgot how funny it is really was that funny. when the idea came to you or was it prior to that no, I've always thought it should be a musical. I mean, it was quite controversial in its time, though, wasn't it? Because, you know, I remember quite clearly at the time, yeah, the Islamic Republic of Iran news network argued that it highlighted Zionism and Western propaganda uh, really? and worked that into its message, yeah. But, of course, it was also noted for its depiction of feminism, Marxism, fascism, revolution. Yeah. Are, you, are, you reading this from a, are you reading this from Wikipedia? Uh, no, uh, no. I'm reading for a piece of paper where I've scribbled down. I've scribbled it down no. after reading Wikipedia. <laughs> it's quite, of course, the Islamic Republic was... of Iran news network. Yeah, my favourite of all the uh, Republic of Iran. John just knows news that, networks. Alistair. Come on. Oh, okay. Everyone knows that. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, I must be behind. I mean, look, I will say something about Chicken Run, though. Is that actually it reminds me, looking back. I hadn't read the book called Mouse. Have you ever read this? A graphic novel set in a World I War haven't. Two. No, I it's haven't. It's M A U S, and um, it's it touches weirdly on what you were just saying about the whole metaphor and allegory thing, because it's the story of um, Jews in concentration camps. Mm. The told uh, all the Jews are mice, and all the Nazis are pigs, and it's a real real tale, but told through that medium as a way of. Yeah. educating you about it without it being too harsh. Sure. You know, because you fall in love with these characters because they're mice, you know, they're cute, they're mice. Like Animal Farm. And, and Chicken Run, like, yeah. Very that, in yeah. A, in a way, yeah. It's that mm. same thing, that um, anthropomorphism. Anthro- yeah. Anthropomorphism. Oh, and, yeah. Well, let me get the word right. Anthropomorphism is very important. Yeah. You know? I mean, and, and, you know, that weirdly goes back, you've got a love of Disney, haven't you? And that's I, what I Disney I was about to say, did. I mean, it reminds they, me of they tell so many stories Disney films. Through, 
through animals. Yeah, they yeah. do. So why why the hell not? Let's let's have chicken. Yeah, why not? Musical. Let's make it. Yeah, I think there's demand there. I really didn't do. you didn't you also before we didn't you play a fish in Ben Knobs and Broomsticks at one point? Oh God, I did. Yeah, I played. Um, Norton the fish in Bedknobs and Broomsticks. I Amazing. seem very obsessed with cartoon animals, don't I? We all are. I love I, I love Bedknobs and Broomsticks. It's lovely, well, Bob and Ella. You know, it. if we'd have done this podcast a few years ago, I'd have said that as my musical. Um, oh, really? Because I, I wrote a Bedknobs and Broomsticks musical when I was about 12. <laughs> and I really did. Of course did. you did. I, I was in Oliver did. at the time and I it was 108 pages and I put it in a jiffy bag and sent it to Cameron McIntosh's offices. This is a true story. Oh, my God. And oh. I said, this needs to happen. This needs and, to happen. And Cameron McIntosh sent me a lovely letter back saying, thank you for your time. Uh, unfortunately, it's not something we're looking for at the, mo- <laughs> the moment. But uh, really That's, lovely of him What an reply. amazing thing to do. 180 pages. Yeah, 108, 108. Don't oh, f- yeah. whatever. God, That's come on, though, come on, Lester. I mean, how did you have time? I was busy doing homework. <laughs> I did market research at, backstage at the Theatre Royal Drury Lane with all the dressers and the chaperones saying, have you, I've still got the sheet of paper, have you seen Bedknobs and Broomsticks? Tick. Do you think it would make a good musical? Tick. Or X. I think there was only a couple of Xs. But uh, right. I sent right. all that to Cameron as well, saying clearly the people want it. So, yeah. <laughs> And then it happened. <laughs> So let's get into Chicken Run again. What? Uh, let's talk about your dream cast. Okay, so I mean, I've, I've written down a couple of the names. Um, okay, you know, you've got go Rocky on. Rhodes, played in the film by the um, alcoholic, uh, drink-driving uh, actor Mel Gibson, who was also accused yes. of homophobia, racism, anti-Semitism and domestic abuse. Who would you have playing Rocky Rhodes in the musical? <laughs> <laughs> this is a hilarious episode of The Last Show on Earth, isn't it? Well, we, uh, we won't ask him back. <laughs> no, no, no. So who would you have playing Rocky Rhodes, the, uh, the, the what's he, a stuntman or something, isn't he? American. Is he a stuntman yeah, if I remember well, he's, right he's a heartthrob, really, isn't he, above yeah. everything uh-huh. else? All the girls fancy um, So I was thinking Jordan Luke Gage would, would make a great Rocky. Yeah. Oh, he's um, always busy, though, isn't he? Give, give someone else uh, a chance, for goodness sake. <laughs> Alistair, do you want to go? I'll do it. I'd love to play Rocky. I'd love to no, play he's Rocky. Be, I thought you were supposed to be a dishy heartthrob. <laughs> a dishy heartthrob. Sorry. Right, I'll right. tell you what. R- Richard Gere. Richard not, Gere. No, no, that? no, no. Look, we're not sure. I'll let me do an audition for you right now. Sure. Okay. okay. Is this yourself tape? <laughs> okay. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? Any, anything. <laughs> hey, ladies. <laughs> there you what, go. What would I bring? Let me think. What would I bring to audition for Rocky Road? I'm trying to think. If, if they asked for, like, one up tempo, one ballad, and I was like, right. I've got to sing something for Rocky Road. Your 16 I, bars for Rocky. Go. Um, um, da, 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 was a curious cat. <laughs> and there's no need for me to shout it. You, oh, that's what I would sing that song. You do Rum Tum Tugger. Good that's a good, that's actually about, a very good choice. Because he's got that same vibe, hasn't he? If yeah. I knew the words, that's what I would do. Yeah, I don't think you need the words really for that one. It's just... No, just thrust your hips around. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got fine. the job, kid. There we go. There you go. So, Rocky Road's been played by Alistair Brammer. Alistair Brammer. Alternated uh, by Jordan Luke Gage. You can yeah. do Mondays and Tuesdays, because I imagine it'll be a massive <laughs> yeah. role, right? Oh, oh, by the way, before oh. we get further into the cast, because um, it's kind of set in, like, is it kind of set in the 50s or 60s? So would, would the musical sort of, yeah, be themed around that kind, of, that kind of era musically? Yeah, oh yeah, it could be. The swinging sixties yeah. would be very good, wouldn't yeah. it? 50, yeah. 60s styley kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. All I think original so. music. Who would you have writing the music for it? 
I yeah. honestly think Pippa would be great. Pippa Cleary would be wonderful. Her style yeah, lends itself yeah. to this. I mean, if you love a key change, she's the girl for you. Yeah, she's wonderful. Yeah. She should write for Eurovision, honestly. I've said it time and time oh, yeah. again. Yeah. She's great at a key change. Would you write the lyrics? Would you be lyricist? Oh, yes. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd, yeah. Do, I'd do lyrics. Pippa would do music. And you'd write the book as well, yeah? The book really doesn't... Uh, there's not much I could contribute to it. It's pretty perfect as it is there'd be a bit of restructuring here and there but yeah, some of those yeah, yeah. lines are golden so great mm. i'd really do, i wouldn't i wouldn't want it if it's not broke don't fix it you know okay Fair it's enough. true yeah so rocky roads then we've got we've got rocky and ginger played by julia sawala who would do that yeah yes. well ginger's sort of the rock of that piece i feel she's she lead, sort yeah. of grounds yeah. it in truth without her it's just a big send up so you need someone who's really good at that seriousness and, yeah. and and i i honestly think um a performer who is really quite brilliant at drawing the line between comedy and this is what needs to happen is a uh, michaela cole okay great choice she she can be very absurd when she needs to be but she gets shit done and yeah. she says it how it is and i think ginger really has to rally those troops and you need a leader. You need a natural-born leader. And I feel like we're all looking to Michaela Cole these days to lead us in life. I certainly am, <laughs> anyway. Great. What about the Tweedies? What about the baddies? What about the Tweedies? So, now, the Tweedies, I mean, really could be any combination of Tenardiers that we've had in the past. Basically, which is, yeah. Jenny Galloway was on my list for this. Yeah, um, It could be Jenny Galloway, Alan Armstrong, Matt Luca. It could be... Um, Timothy Spall would be great. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, of course, well, he's in the film anyway, isn't he, Timothy Spall? Yeah. Yes, yeah, he is. He's one of the rats. He's, he's one, one of the rats. Who yeah. has yeah. controversially been recast for the Chicken Run 2. Really? Yeah, so they've, they're doing Chicken Run 2 and <gasps> quite a few of them have been given the elbow, which is quite controversial. Really? Julia. Julia's not doing Ginger again. Oh, that's all. Right. That's been very controversial. Um, well, I mean, Tony Haygarth, um, great great character actor, Tony Haygarth. He's dead, mm, so he can't yeah, take any. So, yeah, so... Yeah. Yeah, so foul. And as I said, Mel Gibson is an alcoholic uh, with with a drunk driving charge, and and also has been accused of homophobia, racism, (laughs) anti-Semitism, and domestic abuse. So he probably can't do it. All in all, not your ideal cast member in 2022. (laughs) No, no, not really. So are are we going for Galloway and Armstrong? Let's go with Galloway and Armstrong. Failing that, I think Oscar Conlon, Murray, and Scott Page would do a wonderful alternating double act. Scotty Page. Who was the first one? Sorry, I didn't catch that. Oscar Conlon Murray currently is in Only Fools and Horses. He's a brilliant, brilliant character actor. Also did a lot of lockdown sketches. Right. So I saw I saw Oscar and Scott play Ugly Sisters in A Panto of Cinderella oh my God. in 2020. And they were both, they're, they're both hilarious. Uh, yeah. I mean, Scott is, I mean, obviously I've just worked with him on Bake Off and he was yeah, yeah. wonderful. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah they're, they're very right. similar. Yeah. So good. You aren't the first person to pick, to pick Scott to be in your last show on earth either. Really? No. Oh yes. Yeah. Carrie Carrie Fletcher Fletcher did. Yes, well. I was yeah, Carrie did, didn't she? She did yeah. indeed. Yeah. Um, Good choice. So All what right. about Babs? Is it Babs? Did we say Babs? Babs? Yes. Jane Horrocks in the film. Jane Horrocks in the film. Um if I if I can't do it, I mean I'd love to be Babs one day. Um I think Julie Walters would be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, but couldn't be. Julie Walters play Bunty? The Imelda Storm. Well, I've got I, I I'd like Elaine Stritch to be Bunty. Oh, Bring her back. Yes. Yeah. Bring her back. Absolutely. I think Bunty has to be this sort of chain-smoking, no-nonsense governess. Yeah. That's a really good show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah, think yeah, Elaine would yeah, be yeah, brilliant yeah, at it. Yeah. The last part, and my favourite part, my, my favourite role that we haven't cast yet is Fowler, the major. Uh, I think Captain Tom Moore. Oh, <gasps> that's lovely. 
hang on now, the dead guy who walked around his garden. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Give right, him a okay. chance, John. Maybe he's a really yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, are we going to? His family aren't going to get involved, are they? No. No. Right. We'll keep. Okay. We'll keep them out of it. But yeah. I just think it's authentic casting having a real life army veteran playing an army veteran who's not quite with it anymore um and and is just determined to do the best for everybody you know yeah which i believe even if if, if, even if my favorite line which is highly sort of energized would be a little maybe a little more gentle yes it would be gentle it'd be (laughs) like it'd be like a matinee performance every every day i don't trust this one sorry captain tom pardon Repeat. Yeah, it's just a little bit. No, louder. I think Captain Tom would be great. Yeah. Failing that, Andre de Shields, who's in Hades Town, would also be brilliant. Wait, no, Andre de Shields isn't he the? Wasn't he in? Um, uh, God, what was that film with Andrew Garfield? Tick, tick, booms. In that, is he in the, the, the diner scene? Oh. In that, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. He's oh, is he? I still haven't seen that film. Oh, you'd love it. Nope, still haven't oh, seen it. Yeah. I know, awful. Yeah. I didn't really like it for for different reasons, but I thought some of the direction was brilliant. The performances were great, it. but the piece yeah. itself wasn't for me. Sure. But um, there's some lovely moments. But the diner scene is incredible. You have all these Broadway legends turn up doing little cameos. And what Lin-Manuel yes. has done, he's, he's put them all into one scene as opposed to having them peppered throughout the film like another other music. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, I've heard of that scene. Bernadette Peters, Joel Grey. It's so satisfying. Joel Grey. Brian Stokes Mitchell. Oh, Joel Grey would be a great um, Fowler as well. Yeah, let's throw him in there. Well, so that's your cast then. Okay. Yeah. They're all pretty old, so maybe they could only do one or two shows a week. I think so. Yeah, they are all quite... They're getting on a bit. Michaela Cole will hold the fort, though. So that's your last show on Earth, then? Yeah. So, let's move on to... What would be your dream venue? I think... The Gillian Lynn would be a good place for this one, mainly because I saw Warhorse there. And it, whenever I think of the show, I have Warhorse in the back of my mind. Uh-huh. Um, I, I feel like we'd start it small. I think we'd start it maybe at maybe at the Menier, mm-hmm. or or we could do an an out of town in Chichester. See how see what they think. I just I disagree. I think with a show like this, you should go shit or bust, mate. Do you think? Just go bang straight. Spend millions on it, air yeah, boss. Straight away, straight in. People will people will be expecting. The visuals to match, wouldn't they? It's true. You don't really need to test Chicken Run to an audience either, do you? I mean, I they, so. they know what no. to expect. No. No. Yeah, I think bang it in at the Gillian Lynn. Or failing that, the Theatre Royal Drury Lane. Why yeah, not? Why not? Yeah. I think we could get good audiences in for this one. And it's really nice right. after the refurb, so why not? So, okay, those exactly. are nice. And so, right, you're sitting there, right? You're watching this show. Mm-hmm. Who are you going to be sitting watching? Who's your plus one? It's a very good question, actually. Um, do they have to be alive? It can be anyone you want, mate. It's your last show. I really want to know what Sondheim would make of it. Mm. Right. Because I feel like he'd, I feel like nice. he'd have some really helpful advice. Actually, I'd rather him be on the team from the get-go. But I'd like to see what he'd think of Chicken Run the Musical. I'd love okay. to hear his opinions on it. Because I reckon he'd have yeah. some quite insightful things. And if not him, again, another dead one, Victoria Wood. I think would actually be right up her oh. alley. And her style of music as right, well yeah. would be perfect for the show. Yeah. To watch yeah, it with people it, like so. that, I think, would be... Uh-huh. Victoria would, I think, would get it and would love it. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Sondheim, I think, would would need some persuading. And I'd be interested to see what his take... Because it's a very British institution, Chicken Run, I feel. Mm-hmm. The comedy is very British. Yeah. I'd be intrigued to see what a genius like Sondheim could, could make of it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So you've seen the first half and you're heading into the interval talking about how good the show is with Victoria Wood or Stephen Sondheim. What do you have to drink? What's your interval drink? What's your interval drink of choice? I tried really hard with this one to think of a pun on, on chickens and alcohol, but I just couldn't. And I just love a margarita. Can I just, can I just yeah. get a margarita, maybe? Of course you can. Well, yeah, of course you can, yeah. Or frozen yeah. or plain or, yeah. Salt or sugar on the rim? No, neither. Neither. Okay. I, can't, I, can't, I can't do the salt on the rim. Just, yeah, uh, that's only... Because you know, people don't understand that's only for cheap tequila. So it takes yes. away the taste of the cheap tequila. So yeah, they put totally. it on really expensive margaritas, and you're like, "Why have you done that? I can't taste the tequila." Now. Yeah, give it to me but, as it um, should be, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Margarita. No, just give me the bottle and a lime, and then just pour it straight into my mouth. That's Thank the... you. Don't need a glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'll have some margaritas. <laughs> Think me, so, me and Son Diamond yeah. and Vic have a lovely. That drink. sounds lovely. So, what's the one that has a raw egg in it? Isn't there a drink that has a raw egg? Oh, in it? there's. Um, uh, Prairie oysters. Prairie oysters. Prairie oysters. That's, that's, yeah. that's my impression yes. of Liza Minnelli yeah. and Cabaret. It's very Prairie good. Oysters. My God, yeah. that was good. Talking of which, we've got a celebrity question for you. Let's uh, let's see. It's um, I've got a. Uh, it's on my phone. It's a voice note um, from a celebrity. And uh, yeah, here we go. <laughs> Ooh, it's the celebrity question. Mickey Mouse, of course, there. That was exceptional. I've never heard him say anything I quite like that before. I can't believe you got him. <laughs> yeah, I know, was, I honestly. know, yeah. Well, I mean, with the time difference in Florida as well, you know, it's like, yeah. But uh, God, thank you there. so much, Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, you know, you love Disney and stuff, so I thought it'd be great. I asked him and, and he agreed readily. God, it's so kind of him to give up his time. Yeah, who would you cast as yourself um, in the film? Of my son's a queer. Get me out of here. Is that the name of it? No, that's uh... my, yeah, my son's a queer. Get me out of here on ice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who would I cast in in another version of me? Well, because people often say I look like this person, Alan Cumming. Very. Like, I think that's absolutely perfect. Like Alan Cumming. Yeah. 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 That's absolutely perfect. There used there to be is. a much bigger resemblance when I had hair and didn't have this. Um, right, everyone okay. would say, you know, you know see. who you look like. And I'd instantly go, Alan, Alan Cumming. They go, yeah. Do you often get yeah. told that? I'd say, yeah. Mm-hmm. I did a concert in Bryant in um, in uh, Central Park, okay. and it it, it was um, called Elsie Fest. And I just did Last Night of the World, but he did a rock and roll version of Ladies Who Lunch, and it was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> here's to the ladies who lunch. It was amazing. Of course he did. <laughs> it was yeah, I saw brilliant. him many many years ago at Lyric Hammersmith in a play called La Bette. I saw him ah. many, many years ago. He did like a 45-minute monologue. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Incredible. He's incredible. Well, since we're talking about Alan Cummings Club, that leads us very nicely on to um, where would you go for dinner afterwards? 
okay, so there's a meteor hurtling towards Earth. I want to have my best meal ever, right? I'm going to go to my local pub, the Black Horse, and have a Sunday roast. And I'll have chicken right. there. If we want to make it in theme with chicken run, then I'd go to KFC or Pie Minister, maybe. But um, Oh, t- tell me more about Pie Minister. It's the best, Pie Minister. It is really good, isn't it? I don't know why it's not a bigger thing. Pie Minister is good. I might be a little bit put off having just done a show about how chicken pies should be banned forevermore. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. it, it, it would be good. It'd be good for a press night party, wouldn't it? A little Pie Minister for Chicken Run the <laughs> yeah. Musical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've just yeah. realised that there's a pun. It's Prime Minister, isn't it? But Pie Minister. It is. Did you, ever, did you realise that, John? Yeah. 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 I just realised yeah. it now. So there we go. <laughs> Well, I appreciate your honesty. Well, you're looking at someone here, mate, that loves a bit of pie, right? So, you know, yeah, I'm bound on. to... I've been Likewise. there quite a lot. And they have their pies in Waitrose. They're amazing pies. And hopefully they'll be sponsoring us after this episode. That, that would be the dream, so, right? Prime Minister yeah. sponsors Chicken Run the Music. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, my yeah. God, yeah, yeah. Kind of, there you go, then. Kind um, of the dream, but also the film's about how cruel it is. But anyway, go on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, you're, so just a, a plain old chicken roast dinner. Yeah, Which I think so. is the most underrated of the roasts. I oh, think. totally. People yeah. think it's very boring and plain. No, it does the job. So what what kind of noise does a chicken make, Alistair? <laughs> in it, like that, in it. It's kind of like yeah. that. Yeah. Sounds like somebody done it. Ooh. <laughs> Josh Groban. Josh Groban, Josh Groban. Right, this started as the pub singer, then it became Mandy Sings, and now, Rob Madge, you are going to enjoy the world premiere of Alistair Brammer's Josh Groban impression. <laughs> God, come on, Josh. But what's the song? Why would I care if I could live out of this water? <laughs> what would I say to spend a day warm on the sand? But you'll learn, they understand that they don't reprimand their daughter. Wow. That's, uh, that's the song. Do you, you recognise the song? <laughs> Somehow, by a miracle... I recognise that as part of your world. Very good. Wow. <laughs> I, I had no idea. That's incredible. That's incredible. Do not know, Josh. He has no, no clue. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah, I yeah, love the lyrics what? as well. Bloody hell. Yeah, yeah. That's very funny. <laughs> yeah. What would I say if I spent a day on the sand, I think, was oh, one of them. Thank you very much. Thank so that, you. that was the debut of Josh Groban 6. Josh Groban, Josh Groban. Well, we're heading towards the end now. Um, I think that's. We uh, I mean, that's a high. That we're gonna. We need to leave on a high. Yeah. But let's, so let's do a little sure. recap. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go on then. A recap of your last show on Earth. You would like to see <laughs> Chicken Run the Musical at the Gillian Lynn Theatre in London's West End. Mm. You would like to see. Myself and Jordan Luke Gage sharing the role of Rocky Road <laughs> that would yeah. otherwise be played by a racist. <laughs> Alleged <laughs> racist. So we forget, yeah. No, we yeah. can't, we'll, um, an alcoholic caught um, drink driving who has also been accused of homophobia, racism, anti-Semitism and domestic abuse. That's, that's yeah. the guy. Yeah, we won't that, have yeah, that can't so, play it. Yeah, we won't so, have him, no. You would have uh, Ginger being played by Michaela Cole, Mrs. Yeah. Tweedy and Mr. Tweedy being, being played by any set of 
Tenardier's, but let's go for <laughs> let's go for Jenny Galloway and Alan Armstrong. Lovely. Babs would be Julie Walters. Bunty would be Elaine Stritch. Fowler would be sorry would be played by <laughs> Captain Tom Moore. <laughs> be pretty good. <laughs> or Joel Grey or Andre De Shields. Yeah, um, at least one of them is still alive. Yeah, um, and who's and written it? Who's written it? It's written by yourself and Pippa Cleary. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and Sondheim's going to get a little, a little sort of offer you a little bit of help. Sondheim and Victoria well. Woods are going to have a have a little bit. Yeah, of that, I guess. Yeah. Okay, we'll have a yeah, have a little brilliant. chat after dinner and say, "Were the world not ending? These are the improvements <laughs> I would suggest." <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. Um, you're going to bring them as your plus one. You're going to have margaritas in the interval and a Sunday roast chicken at the Black Horse afterwards. Lovely. Nice. That sounds Very like nice. heaven. It does, doesn't it? It does. Gosh, a lovely folky, it sounds very feasible as well. Vibe to the music. That's very Can you imagine nice. ticket buyers all going, "Oh my god, we're all going to die! Quick, everyone, let's get down the Gillian Lynn and watch Chicken Run the musical." <laughs> Where else? It seems very feasible. Uh, imagine that Casanova what's on stage announcement though. Come on, you'd book you. Yeah. You'd get booking in immediately in a heartbeat. You would. First you would. night scheduled for when the meteor lands. Brilliant. Yes. Although I personally would have chosen, I personally would have chosen the Garrick Theatre, which is where your show, My Sons Are Queer, but what can you do? We'll be playing from. We'll be playing from the twenty-first of October. Nice segue. Cheers. Very good. Is it an open-ended run or a limited run? It's a limited run. I think till the sixth of November. I think. That's quite a good oh, great. Run. I'll be able to come and see it then because I'm available. It's till early then. November awesome. anyway. Let me get the exact yes. date. I think that's right. Yeah, 6th of November. Well done, me. Yeah. It's a big theatre, the, 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 the Garrick. It's 760-odd seats, isn't it? How exciting. It's so exciting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and get a margarita now. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Amazing, though. Like, what a, what a theatre. Well, actually, before you leave, before yeah. you leave, um, we do this thing in every episode where we have a Billy Elliot joke. And, you know, yes. as you know, you know, you probably auditioned for it. Did you have auditioned for Billy Elliot? I never auditioned for Billy Elliot, no. No. Oh. OK, well, apparently all the cast members had to tell a joke. Yes, I've they heard They had to this. tell a joke as part of the audition process, but not only that, they had to tell it in a northeastern accent. A Newcastle <laughs> really? accent. Really? I didn't know that bit. Yeah, but you okay. don't have to do that, don't worry. Don't worry. Oh, phew. Yeah. OK. Um, we'll say thank you and goodbye now. Sure. But before we go, why don't you tell us your Billy Elliot joke? All right, then. So, I don't have a garden. I bought a trampoline. My housemate will hit the roof. (laughs) (laughs) Good God. That's perfect. Well, thank you very much, Rob Madge, for joining us. Thank you so much. On the last show on Earth. Thank Thank you. you Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me. God bless you. So, there you are, dear listener. That was the last show on Earth of the delightful Rob Madge. Who wouldn't want to see Chicken Run the Musical? Indeed. We love talking to Rob. And if you like listening, then please tell your friends, hit that follow button and listen again next time. You can also follow the podcast on social media. Search for The Last Show Pod on Twitter and The Last Show on Earth podcast on Instagram for up-to-date news about new episodes and upcoming guests. You can also follow both me and John on social media. Find me at Alistair Brammer on Twitter and Instagram and find John on John Owen Jones Official on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook and johnowenjones.com. We both have live shows coming up over the next few months and social media is the best place for up-to-date info. Hashtag shameless self-promotion. 
<laughs> now, as we mentioned in the chat, Rob's show, My Sons Are Queer, But What Can You Do?, runs at the Garrick Theatre in the West End from October the 21st until November the 6th, 2022. So get your tickets now. Unless, of course, you were listening to this after the show has ended its limited run. In which case, you missed out, baby. But you can see Rob in pantomime this Christmas playing Pat the Cow in Jack and the Beanstalk at the legendary London Palladium. Yep, don't miss out on that and make sure you don't miss out on the next episode of this podcast when we chat to another very special guest about their last show on Earth. On Here We Ask a Question, nobody dare to ask. If you had a day to live, what show would be your last? What is your last show on Earth? This is the last show on Earth. John. My name is Al. Been friends a long time past. You want to know what show you'd see if you knew it was to be your last? What is your last show on earth? This is the last show on earth. What is your last show on earth? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.